Hello and welcome to another Nightlight podcast. Once again on the show, we welcome Stephen Strutt, author of Enoch Insights. Nightlight Insights. Stephen, thanks for coming back on the show. On a recent show, we talked about the Book of the Watchers or the Fallen Angels, which is what most people are curious to know more about. But there's so much more to learn about this very ancient, mysterious and amazing Book of Enoch. What would be another topic that you would choose to talk about? That's a very good question. Well, I think the book of Enoch is amazingly fascinating. And most people, as you said, they mostly know about the fallen angels or the watchers and and what happened after that. But there's so much more. There's a lot of depth in the book of Enoch. Yes. And today I thought I'd like to speak to all of the people out there who don't know that in the book of Enoch, it talks a lot about Jesus. It talks a lot about there being two distinct personalities, God the Father and God the Son. It couldn't be clearer. That's right. In fact, I was going through my book, Enoch Insights, today, going through the chapters, and I came up with 16 chapters, 16 chapters in the book of Enoch, that actually mentioned the elect one, the righteous one, the Son of Man, together with the head of days, Lord of Spirits. And many of these chapters talk about the elect one and the Lord of Spirits, the head of days, son of man, which is actually overwhelming because, as you probably have heard many times over, it's been said by the Jews that the Lord our God is one God, for example. And yet, when, when you look into Hebrew, you find out that's a misquotation because it's from the word Elohim, which is actually plural, and the actual Hebrew says, the Lord our gods are one God. That's right. It's very important people know that, what the original Hebrew says, because when you study the book of Enoch, you're going to say, hello, there's there's two different gods here. There's, There's definitely two personalities, and it becomes very clear that you're talking about God the Father and God the Son in a beautiful way. That's right. For those who have my book already, Enoch Insights, I'd call your attention to looking in the appendix because there's a big write-up there about the background of the book of Enoch, how it was put together, and why it was hidden from sight for a thousand years and the motives behind that. And also, more importantly, it makes a comparison between pre-flood times and today in a brilliant way. Now, I was helped with somebody to get that, but you can read in my book to find out who helped me on that investigation. But today, I just want to read you some verses about Jesus. And just to recap, did you know that in the New Testament, the Son of Man, who is mentioned by Jesus himself, let me get this number right here, his name as the Son of Man is mentioned like 140 times. Wow. 140 times. That many. And the question is, why did Jesus call himself the Son of Man and say, not the Son of God? That's a, that's a good question, that one, isn't it? Many people ask that question. Right. Well, the truth of the matter is, Jesus called himself the Son of Man because there was ancient prophecies, both in the book of Daniel and in the book of Enoch, which called him the Son of Man. Now, think how fantastic these prophecies are. They are calling Jesus the Son of Man when, if you look at the word Son of Man normally, it's, with a, it's not a capital S, it's a small s, and it's talking about God's prophets most of the time but on certain occasions it's capitalized in the book of Enoch and the book of Daniel 
and as Jesus talked to himself in the book of Matthew and all other gospels as well, over a hundred times talking about himself as the son of man. But the question is why? Right. As you will find in the appendix of my book, you know, Insights, uh, the appendix four, you will see a good, ex thorough explanation there about the whole book, you know, and why Jesus was called the Son of Man. And the reason is because Enoch and Daniel knew about the existence of the Christ thousands of years before it happened, or in Daniel's case, 500 years before it happened. They knew exactly who he was. It's fantastic. I'll read you in a minute some of the stuff in the book of Enoch, uh, quoting it directly. But Enoch himself, he suddenly sees this, he has a vision of heaven, and he sees this wonderful person coming into the presence of God, and he's asking, who is this guy who's so gracious and righteous and wonderful? And the angel explained, oh, that's the son of man. Now, to me, it's fantastic, because like I mentioned on the last uh, program, up until about, well, probably about eight years ago, I had never read the book Enoch. I had never read the Apocrypha books, and I'm so happy now to have found these books, as I mentioned last time, this book Enoch was hidden for a thousand years by the Catholic Church. Big mistake. For whatever motives, it was hidden. So we didn't have this knowledge. We didn't have this incredible knowledge of the book of Enoch, which I would say is invaluable to all Christians. Yes. And not just Christians. All truth seekers, of those who want to know the truth, what happened in the past, what happened in the beginning of creation, what happened before the flood, and how it relates to today, and who Jesus is in the picture who is the Son of Man, who is the Son of God, who is the Christ, it all fits in so well. But you need the Book of Enoch. That's right. There's nothing like the Book of Enoch in explaining about the Son of Man. There's nothing like it. There, in fact, one writer says, I've never seen anything like this. I've read all the Apocrypha books. I've read the Bible. But nobody describes Jesus quite like in the Book of Enoch because it shows him alongside the Ancient of Days or the Head of Days. It shows Jesus together with him and it also says God has hidden him God hid him from view for a long time why because Jesus is also the Word of God and he's also the Creator yes and I would like to bring to your attention my latest book that came out about four months ago Eden insights people need to also read that book it's terrific not just Enoch insights but Eden insights and another one of my books was called Esdras insights because they all talk about the son of man and the son of God all of them and Eden insights talks a lot about it directly from the beginning of creation from the from the day that Adam and Eve fell from the garden of Eden and I tell you you've got to read Eden insights it'll break your heart it's based on the lost books of Adam and Eve and it's heartbreaking to see how Adam and Eve felt but I want to tell you when they got kicked out of the garden of Eden it says God sent his word in person to talk to them. God the Father sent Jesus the Son to Adam and Eve to comfort them in person. It took them quite some months before they got over the shock of being thrown out of the Garden of Eden. You've got to see my book Eden Insights to reveal to the full the lost books of Adam and Eve, apocrypha books that bring to life this, the Garden of Eden story in a way you've never seen before. It'll break your heart, but also you'll find joy as well. Because Adam and Eve, my golly, they were tough. They went through things unimaginable to most people. But you only know it if you read the Apocrypha books. That's right. Like the Lost Books of Adam and Eve. And as we've mentioned before, the Catholic Church has kept the 1415 Apocrypha books 
in their Bibles, very wise. Some of the churches, the especially Orthodox, they have also kept the book of Enoch as part of the canon in their Bibles. That's right. Most people in the West don't know these things. They don't know that these apocryphal books are not just something somebody dreamed up and just wrote down for fun. No, they're powerful scriptures. They are. They are powerful, and they add the apocryphal books add to the dimension of the Bible, and they make a lot of the stories much more well-rounded. They bring out a lot of points, fantastic points. I'm working on a new one. I'm working on, this is a famous one. This is called the Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's incredible. This one also shows the 12 sons of Jacob, just before they died, they all talk about Jesus. They talk about Jesus. They, they, they describe him. Wow. They describe the nation that's going to come from them before it even happened. And it talks about Jesus. It talks about their nation going astray. It talks about their nation even killing their own Messiah. But it says he will eventually forgive them. And that eventually they will be saved forever. I'm talking about Israel. There's incredible things you will find if you know the Apocrypha books, but you won't know these things if you don't study the Apocrypha books. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun writing about them. I'm on my eighth book now, Seventh Insights books. But I think people should read these Insights books that I've written because they will direct you to Jesus. They will direct you to the Word of God. They will direct you to how that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are totally united and it was brought out in the book of Enoch so well. And then after the book of Enoch, it was the, the book of Noah, of which there are parts of the book of Noah in the book of Enoch. That's right. And after them, it was the Abraham wrote things down, passed on to his son Isaac, who passed on to Jacob. So they had writings back then. I think we've lost a lot of the, some of these ancient books, unfortunately. But then the patriarchs, fortunately, they wrote down something in their testaments, which is a big help. I'm not saying we have all the ancient books, or Hebrew books, anymore. Unfortunately, I think a lot of them got destroyed when Israel was invaded by the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Romans and everyone else. And the scribes kept rewriting the books. But fortunately, I'm so thankful those faithful scribes, Jewish scribes, who rewrote things faithfully. And another point I bring out, that all texts, this, any paper or papyrus, it will disintegrate within 200 years. So unless somebody's faithfully rewriting the, the books, the Apocrypha books or the Bible, it will disintegrate by itself within 200 years. So all credit to all the scribes and people who have faithfully written down scriptures for millennia. I take my hat off to all of them. I really admire who's made it possible for us to read like the book of Enoch today, which was originally in Hebrew or Aramaic as well. And as was the book of Daniel. Well, shall we go ahead and read some of the passages that talk about the Son of God in the book of Enoch? Yeah, go ahead. And we can put the text up on the screen so our viewers can read along. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight. Nightlight. You're tuned in to Nightlight. Enoch chapter 46, 1 through 4. And there I saw one who had a head of days, and his head was white like wool. With him was another being whose countenance had the appearance of a man. His face was full of graciousness, like one of the holy angels. And I asked the angel who went with me and showed me all the hidden things concerning that son of man, who he was and whence he was, and why he went with the head of days. He answered me and said unto me, This is the Son of Man, who hath righteousness, with whom dwelleth righteousness, 
and who reveals all the treasures of that which is hidden, because the Lord of spirits hath chosen him, and whose lot hath the preeminence before the Lord of spirits in uprightness forever. And this Son of Man, whom thou hast seen, shall raise up the kings and the mighty from their seats and the strong from their throne. He shall loosen the reins of the strong and break the teeth of the sinner. Wow, amazing. That's so clear. And just to clarify for our listeners, the Lord of Spirits is how Enoch describes God the Father, right? That's right. That's correct. God the Father. For those who have my books already, if you look in my book, Enoch Insights, my Insights books, the idea is to show the original text plus clarify and explain some of the words to make it more, or even give definition for words to make it easier for the reader, and also often give equivalent cross verses to the Bible. There's hundreds and hundreds of Bible verses in my books, as well as other apocryphal references. So for those who have my book, and I know there's quite a few do, what Chris just read, that was on page 105 from chapter 46 in, in Enoch Insights. Right, would you like to read the next one? Would you like to read this one, book Enoch chapter 49? Enoch chapter 49, verses 1 through 3. For wisdom is poured out like water, and glory fails not before him for evermore. For he is mighty in all the secrets of righteousness, and unrighteousness shall disappear as a shadow and have no continuance, because the elect one stands before the Lord of Spirits. And his glory is for ever and ever, and his might unto all generations. And in him dwells the spirit of wisdom, and the spirit which gives insight, and the spirits of understanding and of might, and the spirit of those who have fallen asleep in righteousness. And he shall judge the secret things, and none shall be able to utter a lying word before him, for he is the elect one before the Lord of Spirits, according to his good pleasure. Yes, I'd like to ask you, uh, Chris, please read the next one, um, chapter 55. Enoch chapter 55, verse 2 and 3. When I have desired to take hold of him by the hand of the angels on the day of tribulation and pain because of this, I will cause my chastisement and my wrath to abide on them, says God, the Lord of Spirits. Ye mighty kings who dwell on the earth, ye shall have to behold mine elect one, how he sits on the throne of glory and judges Azazel and all his associates and all this host in the name of the Lord of Spirits. Well, Azazel here, as you all know, was the head of all the fallen angels that fell. So no matter whether the devil likes it or not, or his fallen angels, the days will come when they're going to have to toe the line or else. They're not going to have a free range forever like they've done for thousands of years. It's causing no end of damage and harm to millions of people. Those days are soon over. That's the beauty of the Book of Enoch. Yes, the beauty of the Book of Enoch is to encourage the righteous. Look, it's not always going to be like this, all this corruption, all this evil and madness and insanity, especially like we've seen in the last few years. It's not going to be this way and the threat of nuclear war and hanging over our head all the time. It's not going to stay this way. There is a God in the heaven. And if you read the book of Enoch, you'll get encouraged uh, because there's a lot about the Messiah there. There's a lot about the pre 
incarnate Saviour, Jesus Christ, is talking about him there, clearly in the book of Enoch. And like I said, I've found at least 16 chapters talking about Jesus or uh, him and the head of days or the ancient of days. It's, it's just beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. Shining Love's Light. You're listening to Nightlight. I'd ask you also, could you please read the next chapter? The next one is uh, chapter 61. Enoch chapter 61, verses 5 through 10. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth, and those who have been destroyed by the desert, and those who have been devoured by the beasts, and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea, that they return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one. For none shall be destroyed before the Lord of Spirits, and none can be destroyed. And all who dwell above in heaven received a command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire. And that elect one with their first words they blessed and extolled and lauded with wisdom. And they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life. And the Lord of Spirits placed the elect one on the throne of glory. And he shall judge all the works of the holy above in heaven. And when he shall lift up his countenance to judge their secret ways according to the word of the name of the Lord of Spirits, and their path according to the way of the righteous judgment of the Lord of Spirits, then shall they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of the Lord of Spirits. And he will summon all the host of the heavens, and all the holy ones above and the host of God, the cherubic, seraphim, and Ophanim, and all the angels of power, and all the angels of principalities, and the elect one, and the powers on the earth and over the water. On that day shall raise one voice, and bless and glorify and exult in the spirit of faith, and in the spirit of wisdom, and in the spirit of patience, and in the spirit of mercy, and the spirit of judgment and of peace, and in the spirit of goodness, and shall all say with one voice, Blessed is he, and may the name of the Lord of Spirits be blessed for ever and ever. All who sleep not above in heaven shall bless him. All the holy ones who are in heaven shall bless him. And all the elect ones who dwell in the garden of life and every spirit of light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and hallow thy blessed name, and all flesh shall beyond measure glorify and bless thy name for ever and ever. And just in case I run out of space, I tell you what, there's so many verses we could we could read. Well, I want to mention one in particular, and that is if we go to the last one I put to you there, which is on chapter 105. Enoch chapter 105, verse 1. In those days the Lord bade them to summon and testify to the children of the earth concerning their wisdom. Show it unto them, for ye are their guides, and a recompense over the whole earth. For I and my Son will be united with them forever in the paths of uprightness in their lives. And ye shall have peace. Rejoice, ye children of uprightness. Amen. Also, if you, I don't know if you have it there, but if you could also read from Daniel 7, where it's also talking about Jesus together with the Father. I think it's Daniel 7, 13. Daniel chapter 7, 13 and 14. 
I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Shall I read the next one, Steve? Yes. Yeah, continue. Enoch chapter 70, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that his name during his lifetime was raised aloft to that Son of Man and to the Lord of Spirits, even amongst those who dwell on the earth. And he was raised aloft on the chariots of the Spirit, and his name vanished among them. Very interesting. I'll say that again here. The Son of Man, and it says, he vanished from among them. Well, isn't it not true that different times, both when Jesus died and went up to heaven, in a sense he vanished from them because he went back to the spirit world, but in a bigger sense, I think all through history, you'll find, I, I've done a study on this before, that often through the prophets and right back to the book of Enoch, you have to ask yourself the question, who is it who was talking to Moses? Who is it was talking to the prophets? Who is it was talking to Enoch? Was it God the Father? Or was it God the Son, the Creator? That's the question. That's the question to ask. Good question. You know, because sometimes it seems pretty clear it was God speaking, but then others have said, wait a minute, no man's seen God at any time and lived. John says that in the New Testament. So who did Moses see? Was it God the Father? When scriptures say no man has seen God at any time and lived, and yet Moses did see God. It's a debate on that. It's, it's controversial, I know. But it's very interesting speculating about that, about maybe it was the Son of Man, the Son of God, all through history, who was talking to his prophets. And it seems to me it was. I believe Because it. he was a creator. He's the one who understood man from the beginning. And then he came here in the flesh. Right? So it's a consistent story all the way from Enoch. And that's what I, I hoped with my Insights books, is to connect from the very beginning, Enoch, all the way to Revelation. And I'd say if you like the book of Revelation, as many do, please read the book of Enoch because there's a connection between them. There is. There's the Son of Man and the Son of God. He's mentioned here in the book of Enoch as King of Kings as well. And then in Revelation 19, he's called the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's also called the person who will bring the wrath against all the merchants and the wicked in the book of Enoch. Says the same thing in Revelation 14, who brings the wrath of God? It's the Son of God, or known as the Son of Man also. Very consistent. The more you study the prophets in the Bible and the Apocrypha books, you see they all are consistent when you talk about the Son of Man, the Son of God, and the end of the world. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. I've just covered a, a few things today, just talking about the Son of Man, the Son of God. I think I'd like to give you another one here. It's so beautiful. I just find the scriptures so amazing. Uh, they speak for themselves. Yes. Let's see if I can give you one more. I might just have time. Oh, yes. Can you please read chapter 62, verses 1, 4 to 8? 
And thus the Lord commanded the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who dwell on the earth and said, Open your eyes and lift up your horns if you are able to recognize the elect one. And one portion shall look on the other and they shall be terrified and they shall be downcast of countenance and pain shall seize them when they see that son of man sitting on the throne of his glory. And the kings and the mighty and all who possess the earth shall bless and glorify and extol him who rules over all, who was hidden. For from the beginning the Son of Man was hidden, and the Most High preserved him in the presence of his might and revealed him to the elect. And the congregation of the elect and the holy shall be sown, and all the elect shall stand before him on that day. And all the kings and the mighty and exalted and those who rule the earth shall fall down before him on their faces and worship and set their hope upon that Son of Man and petition him and supplicate for mercy at his hands. Nevertheless, that Lord of Spirits will so press them that they shall hastily go forth from his presence and their faces shall be filled with shame and the darkness grow deeper on their faces and he will deliver them to the angels for punishment to execute vengeance on them because they have oppressed his children and his elect. And they shall be a spectacle for the righteous and for his elect. They shall rejoice over them because the wrath of the Lord of Spirits rests upon them and his sword is drunk with their blood. And the righteous and elect shall be saved on that day and they shall never thenceforth see the face of the sinners and unrighteous. And the Lord of Spirits will abide over them, and with that Son of Man shall they eat and lie down and rise up for ever and ever. And the righteous and elect shall have risen from the earth and ceased to be of downcast countenance, and they shall have been clothed with garments of glory, and these garments of life from the Lord of Spirits, and your garments shall not grow old nor your glory pass away before the Lord of Spirits. You're with Nightlight. I, I think it's such a fantastic conclusion shown there in the book of Enoch. Remember last uh, time uh, we were talking about the book of Enoch, you yourself, you said, we both said we're fascinated when we first read the beginning of the book of Enoch, where it seemed to be talking directly to us today. It was electrifying when I first read it, because I said, how could somebody... 5,000 years ago be talking directly to us but it was like he was and I still feel that way they're talking to the elect he's talking to us talking to the righteous talking to us and say hang on because no matter what you go through God is with you Jesus is with you the Holy Spirit's with you and you are going to win you are going to succeed you are going to overcome all evil with my help lighting your path through the end times you're with nightlight and listeners, if you enjoyed hearing those passages that Stephen selected for me to read to you, well, you can listen to the full audiobook of the whole book of Enoch, which you'll find on this channel. I remember when I recorded it, I was amazed at just how many prophecies there were about Jesus and the epic throne scenes, very similar to what we read in the book of Revelation. Well, we've only had time to read a few on the show today, and of course, Stephen, there's so much more that you could share about the book of Enoch, but let's just stay focused on these amazing prophecies about the Son of God. Well, I've been trying to keep to the, 
the subject matter today, you know, the Son of Man and of Jesus, because I think it's important for people to know the book of Enoch is not just about monsters and demons and devils and fallen angels and that, but it's a lot deeper than that. That's just one of the topics. There's so much more. I could do another topic to another time talking about um, Enoch's visits to heaven and compare it with the book of Revelation and other scriptures in uh, Isaiah. So you can make a whole class just on crystal throne of God and uh, what it means. There's so much we could do through the book of Enoch. And um, another one, what happens to the righteous and all the promises to the righteous in the future. Beautiful promises. It's amazing. You asked when we started, what more is in the book of Enoch? Well, I'd say infinite amount of wisdom, knowledge and inspiration. <laughs> and of course, there's so much more that you could share. But in the time left, what would be the most important thing that you'd like to leave us with? Um, I think that what's the most important of all is to realize that somebody tried to hide this book from the public. It's only recently we got the book Enoch back. I mean, I didn't know about it. Most people didn't know about it till recently. It's only, I think, because of the internet and that, that people have become more aware of the book Enoch. Why is it so important? Because it's the first book ever talking about Jesus, the Messiah, to come, prophesying that he would come. And how could somebody know stuff like that 5,000 plus years ago, except with a powerful contact or connection with heaven, with, with God? That's right. Obviously, Enoch was a very special person. And I'd also, I've mentioned in my book about Enoch that I think he was a type of intercessor. He was a type of go-between between God and not even just the people with the angels of God, the fallen angels, because Enoch was used by God to talk to the fallen angels because they were supposed to be the ones helping man, but they fell and they, they couldn't even lift their eyes up to look at God. So they had to go to Enoch to get a message through to God, to ask God to forgive them. But God said, no, you, you've messed up the planet too much. I'm not going to forgive you. And, and quite right, quite right. So that's another whole topic there. But I think that concerning the Messiah, if you want to really understand the whole picture, you must read the book of Enoch. Right. Because there are key scriptures in there, which we've only read a few today. Chris has only read a few. We're just touching the surface. And like we're both amazed by how much there is in the book of Enoch. I know. About the Christ, the, the Messiah. It's the, amazing. The Son of God. And um, of course, Enoch was mentioning this just the same way that Daniel was in the book of Daniel. That's right. Because why, again, is he mentioned as a son of man and not as a son of God, which is his full title? Because he had to be born of flesh. He had to be born of a woman. He had to come to the earth. And that's the big point is that Without the Messiah, we don't have salvation. Right. Without the Christ, there's no future. And, um, you know, my wife and I have been talking about this in our latest book where we're talking about the Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs because we're thinking, we're looking at some of the patriarchs and their wives and what it was like back then because it seemed kind of difficult in a way until the Messiah came. Because without the Messiah, I think it was difficult for people. What did you do when you committed a sin, did something wrong, but you were sorry? For us who are Christians and who have the New Testament, the word to hold on to, that's one thing. But what did they have 4,000 years ago to hold on to? How did they manage to get their sins forgiven 
without the Christ, without Messiah, without salvation. And I think that's why the book of Enoch is so important to mention the Messiah, because there was a way if you had the scripture. But how many people had access to scripture back then? How many? Right. We're very fortunate people today. We are so fortunate. We have books galore. We, you know, we can tune into the internet. We, we have so much. That's why I feel very responsible to write the Insights books because I feel, look, you have the privilege. You're a privileged person. You have access to so much stuff that nobody in history had. So write down what you know. Help with the, uh, bring back the Apocrypha books back into the Bible where they should be. Like you said, uh, 75% of Christianity, they have the Apocrypha books, at least some of them, in their Bibles, like the Catholic Bible, the Orthodox Bible. Right. Uh, and some in Ethiopia, they have the book Enoch as part of the canonized Bible. But there's a lot more than that. Like I said, I think everybody should know some of these new books I'm working on, like the uh, Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs. Incredible stuff. Why? Because they also talk about Messiah. They talk about Jesus. How, how could somebody be just on their deathbed and suddenly they give a prophecy about the next 4,000 years and all the details of what, what's happened through history. How is that done? Most of us don't have that kind of connection where we get things so clear. Right. Yet the patriarchs did. Every one of them got something special. Most of them got prophecies of the future, talking about Messiah, talking about Israel would become evil and they would be taken into captivity, talking about they would kill their own Messiah, but eventually the Messiah would have mercy on them, and eventually Israel would become a righteous nation for eternity. It's a beautiful end to the story in the book I'm working on now, but you'll find the same in the book Enoch too. All the apocalypse books I've worked on, in general, they give somewhere, they give some prophecy about the Messiah. Yes, they do. So if you want to encourage your faith, please do take the time to read the book of Enoch. Better still, read my insights books because you'll find it easier to understand some people have told me well i read the book enoch but i couldn't really understand what i was reading um because it's all in old english and stuff but if you read my book i try and make it easy for people to understand and also try and encourage you with powerful scriptures from the bible and other apocrypha books so you can see the picture is much bigger than you think it's much more inspiring and complete than you think it is what I'd like to do is to encourage others to also become investigators and researchers of the Bible and other scriptures to find out for yourself if these things be true. Yes. Because there's lots of mysteries out there, wonderful mysteries that God has for his children. Amen. God is not a dead God. He's alive. That's and right. And he wants us to constantly be learning. He wants us to learn new things. He's not dead and boring. God is wonderful. Yes. And he's always talking to his children if we're just willing to listen. Amen. And that's what's wonderful about the book of Enoch. It will, you read that, it will stir you into making other research and investigations. And I think that's what we should do as Christians. We should be ever learning more, not stagnate and be satisfied with what we have. And thank you so much, Stephen Strutt. If you look below, you can see the link to where you can buy Enoch Insights as well as his other Insights books. Also the link to his email and website if you'd like to contact Stephen directly. I hope this podcast was a blessing to you and I'm already looking forward to being back with you very soon for another Nightlight Show. God bless. <laughs>